Hello and thank you for listening to episode 40 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and in this episode I'm going to be chatting with the lovely Lisa London. Now you may or may not know that both myself and Tom recorded an episode uh, for the H's Picture House with Lisa back in January of 2015 where we of course concentrated on her 80s career. If you want to listen to that, and I suggest you do, all you have to do is go to hdspicturehouse.co.uk, go to our In Conversation With uh, section on the website, and it's podcast number 114. So in this episode, uh, since I last talked to Lisa on the It's Picture House, we've now met at the premiere of Samurai Cop 2 over in LA last year. I have now bought and watched HOTS. So we get into some good conversation about that. And of course, about our later career, as well as Samurai Cop 2 and everything that's been happening a little bit before and a little bit after as well. So please sit back, relax and get comfortable as I spend 60 minutes chatting with Lisa London. Lisa, this is the second time that we've talked uh, via Skype. And thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It's an absolute pleasure, Dave, and I, I, I can't believe that now I actually know what you look like and are like in the flesh. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, actually. <laughs> well, not, well, not all your flesh, just the flesh I saw at the premiere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, I was on about actually knowing what I look like now. That's it. I can't hide behind a Skype photograph anymore. That's it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, well, we will get on to that, actually, about us meeting up, and we, I've got some Samurai Cop 2 chat I want to talk about, and a lot more besides. The way I want to start it, though, I know the last time that we talked, it was on the 80s Picture House show. Um, you know, obviously, we covered, we, we concentrated on your 1980s work, and at that point when we'd recorded, I can't believe I hadn't seen HOTS. So since then, I've now bought it on DVD and watched it. So I'd, I'd like to start with a bit of HOTS chat, if that's all right. So now you understand why it is such a classic, a cult classic. And I'm not saying that from ego, I'm saying that from pop culture reality it really was ahead of its time wasn't it <laughs> oh it, i mean even on the back of the dvd it says that, that what a classic it is and it is i think it, you know I, I still cannot believe it's taken me until now to watch this As, you know, i know it, you're probably the only male literally at any age that doesn't know that movie i can't believe how many young people still are enamored with the joy of how crazy fun it is. <laughs> and I'm a big American football fan as well. So imagine my joy at the final scene. <laughs> I know. And, and, and here's some wonderful trivia about that. My father was a sportscaster and my major in college was mass communications, journalism, but mainly sportscasting too. I did a lot of stuff for CBS radio when I was still in high school and college. And I really do know football. So I, I really should have gotten a consultancy on that film now that I think about it. <laughs> right now, because you're the star quarterback in it as well. And you, you yes, throw. You, I am. We yes, see I... you throw a good pass in it as well. I know, aren't I? I'm good, aren't I? <laughs> well, listen, you're the MVP. You run in yes, two touchdowns, yes. you throw a TD pass. It's unbelievable. It's great. I know. And topless. So take that, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing deflated in this game, that's for sure. No, exactly. <laughs> but if you also noticed, I very strategically placed that football when I was running. You did. You did very well. Didn't I? Yes, you, you I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's your first, like I said, it's your first credit on IMDb. So how did you get the part? It was my first film. Um, it's a funny story, actually. I was dating a very famous quarterback who will be, who will still remain 
unnamed because he's a fabulous human being and he was a lot older than me and I don't want to get him in any trouble. <laughs> but his, uh, his agent basically was literally trying to get rid of me because it was kind of scandalous, the relationship. And he sent me on this interview. They were casting for a female version of Animal House. And he thought there was no way I'd get this because I had only, I think, had maybe two auditions at that point. And I was only in Hollywood for a couple of months. And he thought I'd get very discouraged and disappear. But, well, instead, I actually got the part and the starring role. And it's a wonderful story about that. I, of course, I was in a room full of, God, about 30 men and a couple of women at the very end of the final callbacks. It was a big to-do. Every starlet in Hollywood was vying for these roles. And I had never really been on an audition for a lead. So I thought, oh, if it's the lead, they must want me to read everything on the page. So I started changing my voice and acting out the other <laughs> characters. <laughs> and the beautiful woman who uh, was, she was a very big star in her own ride. Her name was Sherry Cafaro. And um, she did all the ginger movies. Those were before my time. But I think if you Google that, that's kind of wonderful old film history trivia, too. But she took me aside. She said, gentlemen, can I have a moment with Lisa? And she said, you know what? We're confusing all the men. Why don't you just read where it says O'Hara? <laughs> <laughs> and we went back inside and got, I got the role. And it was it's it's been just Nothing but great times since then. <laughs> I mean, it's great because you've got such a featured part in that movie as well. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was there were four stars. I was one of them. It's kind of unbelievable beginner's luck Hollywood folklore, right? Now, well, that's it. I mean, you're the O in HOTS, aren't you? I, I certainly am. Now, I've, I've got to ask you this after watching it now. Uh, there's a bear appears in, in the movie. Maybe people haven't watched it. I don't want to give too much away for people that haven't watched it. But I know. there's a couple of questions for you. I know at a few points in the movie, it's a real bear. Um, so I want to ask you, at any point during filming, did you come into contact with that real bear? And what was it like having a bear on set? And I certainly did. And and by the way, Leonardo DiCaprio, the revenant, um, <laughs> hot, hot did it first. And once again, in bikinis and topless. <laughs> uh, it was First of all, I'm a wild animal. I love all animals, but wild animals, I'm a fanatic. I literally travel the globe to be with, you know, the apes of Gibraltar and the elephants in Sri Lanka. And I'm not kidding. I really do this. And the alligators, you know, in Florida. <laughs> but I um, I was just it, – it's a wonderful thing that happens when you have animals on a set everyone is in a great mood. I mean, even when it's tense, even when filming gets a little tricky because the animals don't do exactly what the humans want, there's just a wonderful vibe on set. And we had not only um, a live bear, we had a live seal in Hots. And um, the, 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 the bear, yes, it was on set a few times. The hot air balloon, of course, was a stuntman in a suit. And thank God it was, because when we landed that thing, uh, hot air balloons, they call them crash landings for a reason. <laughs> and the wonderful stuntmen protected me from ever getting injured. <laughs> so it, it was fabulous fun. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that scene in the balloon. How high did you go up in that? Oh, we went up high. We went up thousands of feet. It was fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous. But we shot it way out. I believe it was Thousand Oaks and where they were herding sheep 
and it was a bunch of um, uh, sheep herders on horseback that like literally came galloping up when we when we landed and <laughs> and I had to then there was some kind of mix up I remember this so clearly there was a mix up with um, the crew picking us all up so we had to walk through this kind of like weird terrain and arrive at the restaurant that we were all meeting at and and the sight of us walking in there with this man in a bear suit was probably something that those diners never forgot. <laughs> That's, I'm sure they remember it to this day. Exactly. That is definitely something you'd never forget. No, no. And I remember Danny Bonaducci, who was one of my co-stars in Hots, I remember he looked up and he went, why did it take you guys so long? <laughs> As if we were dallying with the sheep out there and and the man in the bear suit. Oh, how long did it take you to film the uh, the American football scene at the end? Uh, that actually took a long time. Um, I remember we went back for reshoots uh, quite a few times. I think we sh I think that was about a week of shooting, uh, and you know those were the days a low budget film was still over a million dollars, and you had eight to nine week shoots. Now, of course, everything's done practically in 14 days. It's considered a low budget film, mm -hmm. if you're lucky. If yeah. you're lucky. Yeah. But um, it, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was quite a lengthy shoot and the football scene took a long time. Also, when and where did you see HOTS for the first time? And what was it like seeing yourself on the big screen? Uh, it was unbelievably exciting. Um, it wasn't the first time I ever saw myself on the big screen. The first time I ever saw myself on the big screen actually was when we found out that the trailer for a film, a film trailer that I was in for California Sweet was going to be playing at the opening of a little known movie at the time called Midnight Express. Oh, wow. And I went to see it with my sister and a few other friends. And I remember just, I, I couldn't believe I was actually having my dream come true because all I've ever wanted to be since I was four years old was a film actress. And that, I remember that feeling intensely. Um, we first saw Hots. Um, it screened at a major Hollywood theater. And then I saw it a million times again because they sent us on a huge uh, promotional tour of the entire United States, which was an experience that was priceless because how many times do you really get to see parts of America that most people never do see, mm -hmm. you know, especially um, at that age. So it was pretty wonderful. Oh, I can imagine. So I would like to say to everybody that's listening to this as well, if, if you love movies, like you already mentioned, Lisa, in the vein of like animal house uh, and pork is and all of this hots is definitely one you've got to watch. It is. Yes. It's H period, O period, T period, S period. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> it throws people when you just say hot they start looking for things that i don't think send them quickly to the film although <laughs> although actually lately it's crazy it, when you google it it comes up immediately i don't know what that's about but i'm digging it, <laughs> it. and we'll keep it to we're, ourselves what it stands for <laughs> yes yes we must yeah that's part of everything isn't that's it? it yeah they have to watch the movie to find out exactly <laughs> Let's jump forward. Let's do a massive jump forward to uh, 2015 and Samurai Cop 2. Um, of course, this is you know this is where we met each other and uh, for the first time at the at the premiere of it in LA. But let, let's go back a little bit further. Um, 
how did you get the part in Samurai Cop 2 and had you watched the first one previously? Uh, I'll answer your your last part of the question first. No, I had never I had never even heard of the first one. And when I started to research it after I landed the role, I was just I was just I was enamored by how wonderfully awful it was. <laughs> and and, and I, I mean that in the truest sense of a compliment because I think our main job as actors, producers, directors, if you're gonna make a film, make it memorable, make it make it has to make you feel something. I don't care if it makes you feel happy, sad, disgusted. Just please do your job. Make us feel. That's that's my opinion anyway. Definitely. And, and I, I got the role because I had worked for the wonderful director, Greg Hatanaka, a couple of times before. And I actually, that wasn't the role that I was going to be offered. At first, I was going to be like a trophy wife of the character I ended up playing, Master Katana. Mm-hmm. And the actor that was supposed to play my husband, the crime lord, something happened, some medical issue or whatever, and he couldn't do the role. So they combined the role um, of the wife and, and the crime lord, and I got to play the head honcho. And it, it and then Greg got this wonderful, insane idea to make my gender a little bizarre, like Hence the fabulous portrait that's throughout the film. But <laughs> I won't say anything more about that because that's just such a treat to watch. <laughs> it is, but this is only something that comes through quite a few times watching the movie, isn't it? And then yes. one of your scenes with Tommy Wiseau and, um, you know, he cries out, Father. Yes. You really have got to watch this movie a good few yes. times for it to piece together. And especially and to do course- with your character. And what was so much fun about that was because, of course, I, that was probably the most glamorous, gorgeous makeup hair day for me on set. <laughs> and then to have, yes, we, we won't tell anybody because it is a smash hit in theaters worldwide right now. And it's also now on Blu-ray and you can get it, I think, on Amazon and everything else. It's just it's and I'm so delighted that it, it is such a hit because I truly from the bottom of my heart adore every single person on this cast and crew and can't wait to work with them again. I, I, I know I'm going to be doing a couple more films for them coming right up. So it's extremely gratifying to be in something that I'm so proud of. I mean, I've never been to a premiere that was sold out where every single person was screaming with laughter. I mean, <laughs> you were there and it, and it was genuine. I mean, some of my friends are major critics and major heavy hitters in the industry and they were there and they were saying, Lisa, this is a great film, and you were great, and this is great. And it was just, it truly was one of those amazing evenings where everything came together. Oh, I know. It was fantastic. I mean, let, let's carry on then with a little bit of chat about the L.A. premiere nights. Uh, and like you said, the crowd was just incredible. You know, a, a packed cinema and the cheering with it and the laughing with it. And the fans, the fans that came out. I When we, when we exited the theatre... Um, I thought, I thought that people were kidding me saying, Lisa, wait, you know, wait until, you know, we have people around to make sure everything is secure because there's so many people out here wanting autographs. And I, I, I don't think I've signed that many autographs, even at autograph shows. It was, it was (laughs) a pure surprise and just, it was one of my favorite times ever as an actress and as a person. It was just great. (laughs) 
so what was it like for you sitting there that night and then watching the final cut for the first time up on the cinema screen? Uh, first of all, overall, the film, I was blown away at how how fabulous the filmmaking actually was, the direction, how it looked, the music. I've actually gone to see, I went to the Viper Room to see Too Bad, the oh, band. Oh, wow. Because I just, I thought they were just, I'm also a singer and I was just like, man, I love these guys. They're great. And um, so overall, I was just, I knew it was going to be good. I had no idea it was going to be spectacular. And then as far as seeing myself, every single time, this will never go away. <laughs> the first time I ever see myself on film and anything I do, I, my first reaction is, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. But I'm learning to at least accept when people love it and compliment to say thank you graciously and not get into that disgusting silly you know self-critique when people really don't want to hear or know about that they just want to know that you loved it as much as they did (laughs) (laughs) like you said i mean that was just the start of the great cinema run that it's had not just in america now it's you know it's going worldwide matt's traveled to spain and we were there for the uk premiere of it and the the reaction has been incredible it's been selling out at amazon it's been and the reviews the reviews are just stellar one every every one of them have been one's better than the next i'm just so thrilled like i said for everybody involved it is it's it, it's been such such a journey and it was well be, between us as well before that well the day of the second showing is when we first met each other which was at the martial yes. arts museum as well yes yes which was really a great time because i actually um starred in a movie a long time ago with a lot of martial artists, martial artists and mixed martial artists and fighters movie called Deathmatch. And um, I just love that whole genre. So I, I loved, it was so much fun just being there. It was great. It was such a wild combination of everything that I love. And it, it was a hot day too. It was like over yes, 100 that day. And, and it was, it was Biling's birthday. And she was so adorable. I mean, she would grab me for every photo and she's like, get in this, get in this. <laughs> so, so I'm sure those photos are floating around everywhere. Yeah. It was a super hot day, but that was great because all the girls looked gorgeous in our scanty little mini dresses and <laughs> shorts. I know it was great. Yeah. I, I definitely recall um, everybody with, with plates of Biling's birthday cake as well. Well, God, I mean, I'm not a sweets person, but that was, Oh, that cake. Yeah, I can still taste it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, one of my abiding memories of that day, obviously, is uh, we were walking around. I was walking all around uh, the, the Martial Arts Museum. And then I heard a voice saying, has anybody seen Dave from the 80s Picture House? Has anybody seen Dave? <laughs> and it, we were literally, we were back to back to each other. <laughs> I know. I know. Wasn't that funny? Because I, I knew you were going to be there and I wanted to meet you finally. Uh, and it was, oh, it's so nice to meet you, Lisa. You too. Oh, it was a good day. We had some good photographs, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> and then, like you said, then we went, of course, to you know the, the second night of the premiere. And wow, time's gone by so quickly with that. And like you said, the the way that this Samurai Cop Two has just gained momentum is is crazy. I know it's 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 just it's astounding, really. But it's also a testament that just keep doing the work and. Uh, the gems rise to the surface. Oh, yeah. 
Now, you you were one of the scenes you have. You've been on set with Tommy Wiseau, uh, and he's famously known for a movie called The Room. Uh, what was it like working with Tommy? Okay, first of all, all three of the male guys that you know did all these movies ages ago that I, I hadn't heard of until now. I actually remember seeing the billboard, by the way, for The Room going, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> the three of them, they couldn't be more professional, more kind, more giving as artists and just wonderful men. Loved all of them. And, and a couple of the others too, uh, Mel Novak, and then of course, Lorene Landon, and I, um, we, we hadn't really worked together before, but we were on auditions a lot of times, at autograph shows a lot of times, at premieres a lot of times, red carpets together. It was such a delight working with her. Um, they were just incredible. I mean, it was magic. Every Everyone got along exactly as well as you have to, to have such a tight, uh, fabulous chemistry on, on film. Now, the date we're recording um, is the same day that the 80s Picture House has released a show with with Matthew Caridas all about Samurai Cop 2. So I, I want to ask you, Lisa, come on, dish the dirt on Matt. Have you got any stories about Matt that you can tell us? Only that he's absolutely <laughs> precious and, and I guess shy because he didn't really talk to me or approach me because we didn't have scenes together mm-hmm. until uh, I think it was like halfway through the premiere when we were taking photos and he's just, he's just a great guy. I can't say anything else. There is no dirt. It's all flowers. (laughs) 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 He's just great. And you mentioned Gregory as well, Gregory Hatanaka, and, yeah, and of course now I've had the pleasure of meeting him and spending time with him as well. And you've said you've worked with him in the past. What was it like working with the director again? It, first of all, when you've worked with, when you when you start having a history with the director, it's so wonderfully comfortable and reassuring that he gets you and knows your strengths and wants. And first, Gregory wants his girls to look as gorgeous as possible, even when they're dying and spitting blood. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's like you know, come on, you can't help but worship a director that does that for you. And he's just he's he's just an absolute wonder to work with because he's manic energy and calmness at the same time, which is kind of what I do when I work. So it's it's a great bond. It's just a great uh, relationship. Can't wait to do it again. Well, that was it. I mean, Greg was spinning so many plates on that movie. He'd got so much, you know, going on at the same time. It must have been a yes. cra- yeah, crazy time for him. Yes, it still is. And and I know that we're supposed to um, finish a film that we started shooting a while ago called Darling Nikki that I have an incredible, great, wild ride in that one as a role. And I know we're supposed to finish that and it's everything's been pushed around. And he's also getting ready to do this other fabulous seventies themed film that I know I'm in that too. And I'm just I'm just waiting for dates. So Greg, if you're listening, <laughs> when and where do I show up? And what am I or who am I? <laughs> it must be so good to have that to look forward to as well, you know, knowing it that is, you're comfortable working with him as well. Absolutely. I it's just it 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 lights you up every morning. 
Now we started this, I talked about HOT and that I'd ordered it and I've got it on DVD now. Another DVD that I ordered, unfortunately, it hasn't come in time for me to watch it before I got to chat with you. So I'm going to pick your brains about it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a movie, uh, 2014, Three Wicked Witches. That... Oh my gosh, you will love it. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. Now, what also, you know, obviously you're in it. That piqued my interest. I ordered it. Then I saw the director was David Decotto, which is a director yes. who I've loved since the 1980s as well. Oh, and so, and and well, you should now. Now David actually, you know, is a big Rob, Rob, Roger Corman dude. That's how he got his his sea legs, as we say. And then he launched off into doing his own stuff. And I've done a few movies for David as well. Can't wait for the next one to work with uh, with him again too. And he's another another director that just talk about wearing all of his hats he shoots a lot of his movies like over a weekend and i'm talking feature length fabulous films and i just i love working with him so much he's just he's the bomb <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell me then about three wicked witches without giving too much away then lisa uh it's every every girl's dream to get revenge on bad boys. So I'm going to that. <laughs> and it was a delight to work with one of my best friends, Christine DeBell. And then I made a new best friend on it too, Ellen Udi. And we're the three wicked witches. And we, we all um, are blessed and delighted to declare ourselves Dakota girls. Um, he puts us in a lot of his, his movies and we just love working together and we love working with him so how long then was the the filming period for this was this over a weekend or was it a little bit longer or yes wow yes. that must have been really hard work to get it all oh, done and, and there's tons of special effects in it i don't know how david dakota does what he does i really don't because it's solid filmmaking and he does it all he literally does it all they it's must fascinating long days then long filmmaking days no no he's amazing he knows exactly he edits as he shoots i believe he must because there's no other way he could do it yeah. and he he never he never messes up on coverage everyone has their fabulous close-ups and it's just um it's a wonderful a wonderful thing to keep your brain sharp because you basically you memorize your entire script like you're doing a play and he's and he's dialogue heavy I mean, but again, he just makes the environment so conducive to your artistry just being adored and worshipped that you just, you fly, you rise to the occasion. Wow. I mean, it's like I said, I, you know, I've loved his work for over 30 years now, so I'm really looking forward to watching this one. Oh, you'll love it. And another one that is just adorable. I mean, it seriously isn't adorable. And this is because he does some that are like real family, um, family type uh, G rated is an Easter bunny puppy. Okay. It, it is seriously adorable and a wonderful holiday movie. Wow. That, I mean, that's a bit of a left turn to the, you know, the stuff that I normally associate with what he does as well. Right. Right. And and so you should know about those because he does quite a few of them. That's the only one I've done. But I know he's done a talking cat and I think a talking horse. <laughs> 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 yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, wow. An Easter bunny puppy. I might have to put that on yeah. my uh, to-buy list and as well. Then. Just so you can say it out loud, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah just the title alone makes exactly. you want to watch it. Exactly. 
Uh, right. Now, a trailer I watched um, of yours not too long ago, and, and I, I want to hear as much as I can about this from you, Lisa, because I'm totally intrigued from what I saw, um, is Finding Mama. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, the exciting news is it's, it's going to have its premiere, not its, not its L.A. Hollywood premiere yet, but it's going to... We're in the Garden State Film Festival in Atlantic City. I'm getting ready to leave for Atlantic City at the end of March for a few days. Uh, it's a, a wonderful, it's a short film, actually, and I've only done one other short in my whole life. So this is uh, a, a little bit of a different thing for me. And to condense a feature film into what's called a short, which is basically, I think it's about 30 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, be less. And I got to work with a wonderful female writer director named Anna Simone Scott. And she's won awards for her other shorts and she's and, and her writing. She's actually working on something for Broadway right now, but I'm, I don't think I can divulge anything more, but I'm so proud of her and so thrilled to be in this film of hers. And my co-star is Ronnie Marmo, a big general hospital soap opera dude and many other things. And, Apparently, our chemistry is so intense in this film that Facebook ads censored us and refused to air the trailer <laughs> unless they edited it. Is that hilarious? Oh, that's crazy. I, I'm proud to be too hot. I, 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 <laughs> sorry, but that's not an insult to me. I'm thrilled. I'm going to wear it like a banner. And we're just hoping to um, do well in the film festivals with that and Hopefully it can go on to bigger and better things uh, besides the short because it's really wonderful and it's got a huge twist at the end. I just can't say anything more than that. I'm just really proud of my work in it. It's um, just a beautiful little piece of piece of art and it's a black comedy Facebook. So get over yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know on the podcast notes for this episode on our website, I, I am going to link. Uh, to the trailer to this, I'll put it at the at the bottom of it. Thank uh, you, because I know you won't censor me for too much cleavage, will you? <laughs> I won't censor you ever, Lisa. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so when when will I get to see this in full? Then when you know when can everybody get to watch it? Uh, I know that Anna doesn't want it to really get out there until we do some of the festival circuit, and also until the LA film premiere which uh i don't know what even i don't even have a date on that yet so people are just gonna have to hold their breath and wait and find mama at a later date here we go we've teased them early now lisa exactly exactly (laughs) that was my intention (laughs) well you alluded to something then and this is something that we talked about before we started recording was you know not letting the footage get out there early and and so on because just looping it back to how we started with hots we're in a totally different world now as far as movies go and the way that social media works and the the digital age and the way people find out about stuff it must be so difficult if you want to keep things secret to keep them secret yes it absolutely is i've i've developed a general rule for myself that seems to be working quite well because of course, everyone's on social media. Of course, everyone can find things, find information if they want it. But I can understand also on productions and they need to control the publicity for their own projects. And now I found this more even about television than film. And in fact, I'm in two things right now. I'm in this 
a fabulous pilot. I can I can give the name on this one. It's called Confessions of a Hollywood Bartender. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never worked on something shot quite as wonderfully as it was. And uh, the acting, incredible. We did a table read for it. I mean, just class act production company and um, class act director and writer. But that's all I can say about it right now because it is um, – it's a TV pilot with lots of heat on it, but they don't want any other info out at this time. And then I did something for the Discovery Channel, another TV show that I am just so excited about. Uh, it's a reenactment show, which I've never done that before, but it's total, you know, totally, you know, actors. It's not a reality TV show at all. It's one of those, what do they call them? Um, investigative dramas. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> And I am blown away. I've got lead in it, and I got to do things. I got to do pratfalls and pearls. How do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And we had a magical day where I get to sing in it, and I'm not going to say anything more except it truly was uh, It was like divine intervention, uh, the way our voices sounded and just – just again, amazing cast and crew. But I can I can tell everybody all about it as soon as they give me an air date. But until then, again, I have to be very vague about it. But it is a new world. I'm, I mean, social media has created all these new rules and all the digital stuff. I mean, all your photos are things that, and it's a lot more responsibility for the actor um, because they expect you to do so much technically, you know, so much stuff, you know technically that you never had to do before and it's just it's it's been quite a journey and it continues to be one as our our world changes and another thing about um working on the uh confessions of a hollywood bartender my i shot on uh the horrible paris 9-11 day and my brother was in paris at the time oh my word Uh, Yeah. And just to know, just to have our smartphones and to know that something horrific had happened, but be on a set and not want to, it was just, it was crazy. It was just one of the most, um, mixed days of emotions of roller coasters where I was ecstatic to be working on something so wonderful. And yet at the same time, so sad for the world. And it was just, and worried about my brother is crazy. Just crazy, and that's all part of the world we're living in. And the other thing about this recent uh, show that I'm doing for Discovery Channel, I was booked off uh, one of my acting reels, which that's happened a couple of times to me, but I've never been asked to also send a selfie. (laughs) (laughs) And all my friends and family tease me that I am like, I can take the best selfies in, on the planet. But this was hysterical because I was on a hike in pigtails and a, a baseball cap. And it was like, sorry, dudes, this is the best I can do right now. But thank God it worked and I was I was booked. So, yeah, excited about all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that, though. I, I can attest to you have got the best smile, Lisa. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, re- I remember the first night of the Samurai Cop uh, 2 premiere in L.A., uh, so I was at the front, in front of the screen, and I was talking. And I remember I saw you, and you and you gave such a big smile, and we waved to each other. Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, I definitely remember you've got you have got the best smile. So I can believe you're getting the parts through selfies. Yeah, yeah thank definitely. you so much. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, my grandmother always said to me, it's just as easy to laugh as to cry, only you look a lot prettier. <laughs> so that stuck. Very wise words. Yes. Is there, are there any sort of major differences between acting for TV and acting for film? Uh, television is seems a lot more hectic to mm. me. Even the lowest budget film I've ever worked on, there there isn't quite as much frenzy going on around you. That's the only difference for me, actually, because I think um, the greatest tip I can give any actor to be to be a great actor, aside from of course everything you have to do internally, but as far as physicality is stillness works uh the camera loves to see your eyes i mean your soul through your eyes and i think the more still you are even in a scene of course unless it's a tumbling scene or something like that even in a scene where there's anger or what you think requires movement Mm -hmm. often doesn't it just requires you to say the words with the belief to get it across yeah through your eyes yeah and have you got any sort of uh, preparation that you do before a part? You know, when you're given a script uh, and you have to sort of embrace the character, do you have any set sort of process that you go through or is it different each time? I'm Meisner trained. Um, I I also, uh, I keep going to a cold reading class um, intermittently throughout my career just to keep my acting muscle going. And I, I've done a, a lot of theater in the last few years. So just just doing it, just working. And thank God, I'm so blessed. I do work a lot uh, considering how tough it is out there. And, and like I said, when I'm not working, I go to the cold reading class. Um, I'm a, a rabid I read constantly. I love to read. And I think reading puts you in a a wonderful space in your head where you're creating and imagining all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just, I find something to love in every character, no matter what kind of person that character is. You must find something you love about it. Because I think that joy can translate to anything you need to get across whatever other emotions are there. Yeah. Emotionally, then, what's the toughest acting gig that you've had to, you know, on you emotionally that that really drew it out of you? I know this this no pun intended. This is <laughs> this is <laughs> this is probably gonna kill you here, but uh, playing dead is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because I'm such a hyper person, <laughs> and that still the stillness. I, I'm just happy I do yoga. That's all I can say because. <laughs> I could not have done it without my yoga practice. And I'm happy I went to India and actually finally meditated. (laughs) I got how to meditate finally in India. Otherwise, I never could have done it. And I'm being being dead serious. That is the hardest thing for me to do on the planet. It's that stillness. Uh, Yes, yes, absolute stillness. You got it. Because now I love humanity so much that I... I think I am very, I find all emotions very accessible. It must be, I'm just thinking now, because you mentioned about your theater work 
and the difference between acting on the stage and you're getting that instant feedback from the audience to having a camera in front of your face and you've got to wait months before you see it on the screen. It must be such a thrill to be stood on a stage with the audience in front of you and, and getting that instant feedback. It is. There's there's nothing quite like it. It's the most that is the time I'm I'm so completely at ease in front of the camera because I've I've been in front of the camera my whole life in one way or another, whether it was modeling uh, or acting or just loving it. I mean, I love the camera. I love to take photographs. I love everything about still and moving cameras. It just rocks my world. And that's the kind of actor I always wanted to be. But since I've done a lot of theater, there is nothing like that rush. I get, I get psycho nervous every single time I'm about to make my entrance on a live stage. And then somehow I channel all that energy into whatever I need to make my performance believable up there. And then when you're done, you're literally wrung dry. I mean, there's nothing left in you and it's, and, and you can see people then when the lights come up and it's just, there's nothing like it. It's, it's bliss for me. <laughs> I can't even begin to imagine what you know what that's like. It must be absolutely fantastic. It is. It is, and I produced all the plays that I was in, except for one of them, in the last five years. I, I've, I've since taken. I I haven't done anything on stage, no theater, in the last couple of years because I had to take a break because it does. It it takes over your life between rehearsals and everything that you need to do, and there's so little money in theater compared to film i mean it's you do it out of the sheer love of the craft mm -hmm. period what's that like then where you know the the producer's hat with the theater work that must be a, a you know an, an extra layer of, of work for you to do as well it is it's absolute insanity but i love doing it and i do love producing uh i'm in a wonderful film called uh less than a whisper that is coming out uh, the Hollywood premiere will be in spring, and then there's going to be a summer release, and that's a fabulous director, Xavier, Francis Xavier, and it's a really scary movie, and I play a really creepy girl, <laughs> and it was a delight uh, shooting that, and I can't wait um, for that to come out. I've seen, I've seen most of it, um, but uh, and I was thrilled, but I'm also an associate producer on Less Than a Whisper, and that was such an incredible, wonderful uh, surprise to receive that credit too. And I love producing. I never want to direct. That's something not in my gene pool. I, <laughs> I, I, I'd be a terrible director. I, I'm, I'm too opinionated about what I consider great acting. And I'd be just one of those hideous <laughs> directors that give line readings all the time. And no, I could never do that. But I do. I love producing. I love it. I was going to ask you then, but you've answered it already about, you know, if you would like to go into directing. But it, it's <laughs> I jumped back, didn't I? You I did. that off. Yes. So producing is something that you would like to continue with, though. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm hoping and crossing my fingers about something that's out in the universe right now that would... Uh, would uh, give me the ability to star in something and produce. People are talking right now, so I'm just crossing my fingers about that. Oh, that's it. And again, the, 
you know, we come back to the social media thing. You must have yes, so right. much going on, and that it must be exactly. you know, it must be so hard for you to remember what you can talk about and what you can't talk about and what you've got it upcoming. It is. It is. It's crazy. Well, I can talk about. Um, let's see. What what else can I talk about? I'm trying to think of some of the other new things that I've got going on here. Because you've you've got a lot going on at the moment. I do. I do, and I'm so. I'm like. I'm I'm on cloud nine right now. Is that the right cloud, or is there a cloud ten? Can I choose that one? I think you you could even be on cloud eleven or twelve. The way things are going at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they're going great, and 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 the most important thing too, great health and great health for everyone that I love, because we all know that's that's the real uh, that's the ticket. You don't have that ticket, you don't pass go. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you mentioned great health there. I think I should bring this up, having just watched, you know, Hots just a couple of days ago. I'm sure somewhere where you live in LA, Lisa, there's some sort of fountain of youth that you're drinking from because it's you. You look the same as you did then, anyway. Thank you so much. Well, I have a theory about that. I have a theory that if you do what you love, I read a quote by Angelina Jolie that really struck me that she said she realized that she gets to do what she loves and that most people never get to do that mm-hmm. as, far, as far as a career or a lifestyle. And I have followed my dreams my entire life. And I've, I've worked extremely hard to be able to say that I've never done anything but what I love to do. And, and again, I've worked hard to do that, but... And there have been there have been hardships and compromises along the way, you know, to enable that. But I think that that's a huge, huge part of looking good is feeling great on the inside out. I also I've I've been I was I've been athletic my entire life. Um, I've always worked out in some fashion or played sports as a kid. I've lived in the most gorgeous climates on the planet. Uh, I've, I've I don't do uh, anything that could damage my looks out of vanity. <laughs> and I've also, I, and, and I'm thankful to say I don't believe in any of that, um, any of the drastic stuff that a lot of young actresses, especially actors too, but mostly actresses do to their face with, you know, plastic surgery and stuff like that. I just, um, and believe me, do, do little things here and there that can enhance or, prolong your looks in your career of course i mean go for it everyone deserves the right to be happy but the extreme butchery that happens to so many actresses with this you know botox mania i'm sorry i'm just i'm, I'm not into it and bless your heart do it if you want to but i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> and good for you too i mean I, I think especially here in the uk california is seen and i'm sure it's worldwide actually it as, is as worldwide being, yeah. it's worldwide let's be really fair to hollywood it is not just hollywood it's worldwide and it's out of control and it's crazy and and and, and plus i mean the other thing i do have to say also i my ancestors my genes i did i draw i I drew the good straw, if you know what I'm saying, because of course <laughs> that's part of it too. It is. It's part of it too. Oh, and like you say, though, it's testament to yourself that you've you've just no matter you know there's there's ups and downs in everybody's career, but you've never given up on on what you love doing. No, no. 
Well, there's no choice for me. I'm like Betty Davis. Is she like that because she's an actress or is she an actress because she's like that? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't she just the best? She came up with the greatest things. My, and my other favorite line by her is, um, what direction would you give young actors in Hollywood? And her reply was, take fountain. <laughs> which, which for people that don't know, it's it's a street that can you can avoid the traffic of Sunset Boulevard or Hollywood Boulevard if you take Fountain. <laughs> <laughs> there are some fantastic interviews with her online over the years. She's I come, bet she comes up with some gems. <laughs> yes. What I would, what I want to ask you as well is the university that I work at. There are performance students. That, that are there if you could give them sort of any any tips or so on on do's or don'ts on getting into the acting industry to uh keeping going with the acting industry to acting in front of cameras as opposed to acting in front of a live audience is there any sort of information that you can impart to them uh i would say first off if you don't want this more than life itself if this isn't a passion that you can't live without forget it give it up don't go one step further because the competition now is probably quadrupled to what it was when I first started. And other than that, if, if you can answer that question honestly, then go for it and know that it is a journey. It's not a destination. Know that to be a working actor is something that is the greatest reward in the world. It's a noble profession. Um, but also know that nothing is going to come easy. Even if you have incredible beginner's luck like I did, this industry goes in and out. There's flavors of the month, uh, but you can have your 15 minutes, like Andy Warhol says, which are wonderful. I've had a million of them. And I, and I, I can honestly say I... I feel really great where I am with just, I, I'm a working actor that has some, uh, sometimes, sometimes I'm at the top of, top of the charts and sometimes I'm not. And I couldn't care less either way because you have to make your life the priority and you have to make the work and the craft mean something to you. Otherwise, it's just like any, just go be a car mechanic or something. I don't know. Not, <laughs> nothing against car mechanics, of course. But what I'm saying is the fame chase is nonsense. And if, if that's what people are in it for, then you're just being silly because uh, now with reality TV and all that junk, uh, which I do think has hurt our industry horrifically, um, not the competition shows. The competition shows, I think, are wonderful and beautiful and uplifting. But the stuff that's just about gossip and ugliness, I think we could do without. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what was the other question? You asked me something else about. Um, yeah, if if you could give them any tips, if you know, if they got, if they were acting to the camera or if they were acting on oh, on stage. Well, my theory on that is there is no difference other than sometimes you have to project louder. You just have to make your voice louder, but make it seem like you're not doing that. I, I think the days of exaggerated stage play acting are way over. And I think the reason the theater I've done in Hollywood has been so successful is it's because it's a lot of people that are uh, big into film and television also. And and yet they have a love of live theater. So we bring, you know, acting that is 
beautiful and truthful to the stage. So I think really there is no difference anymore other than talking louder. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the fame chase as well. Do you think, I mean, that the social media is it's a good part of that because everybody's got a presence online, everybody's got a voice and that, you know, the, yes. the chase in this, you know, this illusion of fame. Yes. And I also think that it's, it's, it just, I mean, I just get such a laugh out of people that think that if they say something on Facebook, it's, it's real. And it's just, sorry. It's just because you say something is not real. And I, and I'm sure people watching the American, uh, political race for for president are rising <laughs> all of america but are these people nuts because they say it it's not true but anyway uh yeah it's something you really have to guard yourself against and, and also i've had such incredible mentors um my acting coach and mentor that i did uh one of my first plays with david proval he said don't ever believe the bad reviews and don't ever believe the good ones so take all feedback that, that could feed your ego to a degree that it, it isn't about the work anymore. Just let it go because the reality is be in the moment, do the best you can, and you'll have success. Good advice. Yeah, very good advice. <laughs> and it's, can you imagine what it would be like if social media existed as it is now back when you made hots what would what have we been like then that would have been really crazy uh it would probably i'd have probably have needed a lot of bodyguards <laughs> <laughs> you would have been all um, over instagram you, wouldn't you it, well yeah except you know i i just watched this uh this video of an 106 year old woman meeting uh, President Obama oh, and Michelle yeah. Obama. And the first thing that went through my head, other than the delight of how adorable it was and how incredible, was, my God, what this woman has seen. But then it becomes that. You just you just keep seeing the changes. And that's how I feel about how how my career is going right now. You see them, you adapt, and you move on. So I guess you can't even try to figure out how it would have been because it wasn't until <laughs> now, right? That's right. You couldn't be Skyping, that's for sure. I know. I mean, that's some of the advantages, definitely, that we can do things like this. You know, I know. You're sat I know. there, you know, literally on the other side of the world, and we can have this conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Across all the movies that you've done, um, what have been, this is a two-part question for you, uh, what have been some of the the best days you've ever had on set uh, and what sort of I know, listeners always love these kind of stories what are some of the wildest and wackiest stories that you can uh, you can tell listeners about uh, on set on any movie okay um well the one of the best moments because it's so close to my head was just a few days ago this singing scene um you have to understand you have a room full of strangers, right? And there's a bunch of extras sitting there. And the uh, uh, the producer says, who can sing here? And a few people raise their hands. And then they vaguely remembered that, yes, I did say I could sing. And then they find out that my co-star can play piano. And they said, okay, just do something and sing this. They were, I mean, so much luck and magic came together that it, I, I just, I could, 
all I can do is say it was divine intervention because it was, it sounded incredible. And it was just, it was one of the most beautiful moments I've ever had filming ever. And then uh, a play I did not too long ago when we had our first audience after working so hard on this super gritty thing. And I, of course I was also one of the producers, the response to that, uh, just standing ovation, insanity, just people just screaming how great it was. That was so rewarding. I mean, there's so many moments, so many moments. I, 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 sh I should actually make a list sometime. But um, as far as the, the funny, crazy ones, I think landing in that hot air balloon is right <laughs> up there. And I have a wonderful Andy Sedaris story. Andy did some fabulous films and shot all on location in Hawaii. And I did uh, Savage Beach. I starred in Savage Beach for Andy. And before we, he, they had even flown me to Hawaii, they had asked if I drove stick. And I said, no, I don't. So we get there. And of course, the Jeep I'm supposed to drive in my scene is a stick Jeep. And I'm like, but I can't. Again, he goes, oh, Christ, stick the stuntman between her legs and let's get on with it. <laughs> and the stuntman was between my legs during the entire scene, <laughs> basically working the gears, <laughs> not mine, the cars. <laughs> that, that, that was a great, great moment. <laughs> and I had another fabulous moment with um, Johnny Depp on the set of Private Resort, and we had a kissing scene, and we were both chewing gum because we were young actors, totally nervous that our breath would be okay. <laughs> and, and our gum got stuck, and the director was yelling, cut, thinking we had fallen madly in love. And, of course, it was only because our gum was stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think another great moment was when um, I was shooting Sudden Impact with Clint Eastwood. And at the premiere, it was actually at the premiere of uh, – sudden impact afterwards I was standing at a bar and I, I have a very sexy uh, topless scene in sudden impact and I'm, uh, I'm right you know high as a kite my ego is soaring and we're at, at the bar at the after party and my then boyfriend at the time over here is a bunch of guys saying oh my god that actress that played the young prostitute in the Eastwood movie was so great she's so beautiful blah 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 so my boyfriend taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, would you like to meet her? She's right here. And one of them takes one look at me up and down and he goes, that skinny little thing, that's not her. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, cinema makes you larger than life. And that was a wonderful, humbling experience. <laughs> I like that. I Going back to the, like the social media and, and the digital side of, uh, of everything, um, I'm a huge Clint Eastwood fan. You know, and of course, I remember watching that movie and, and that scene and the very fact, you know, that for the second time through Skype that, you know, I'm sat here talking to you and I've now met you. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it is wonderful. Now, you said hot and you said about the scene with the, the hot air balloon as well. I mean, that must have been quite frightening as well. Have you had any other sort of scenarios where it's been, oh, that was a bit of a close shave? Uh... I, I, I love, I, I'm kind of a daredevil. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I love that adrenaline rush when things are close shaves and close shaves to me are just, just that. Cause I'm, I mean, as Jim Morrison says, no one here gets out alive. So you <laughs> might as well just 
go for it. And of course, I'm not completely nuts. I don't do things to put myself in jeopardy intentionally, but I like to do things that I guess that a lot of actors would say, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Um, I did a lot of pratfalls on um, the Discovery Channel show this week and loved it. And I did pratfalls in Private Resort. Uh, What else? No, I don't think anything's ever... No, I I can't think of any. (laughs) Is there anything still that you'd love to do on screen? Oh, God, yes. Um, I think the mystery of what's out there, what kind of roles. I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to get to play roles that I never would have dreamed I would have been offered. And I'm not even talking about, um, you know, the age, the time of life you're in as an actor, just what people used to stereotype me as. I'm breaking those rules and those stereotypes now. And I just... I'm I'm just enjoying every moment right now. That's good. It, it's great that you're still loving what you do. It's very uh, very refreshing. Well, I think if you get to do what I do and don't love it, there must be something seriously wrong. With you. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back to that that football field back in the late seventies and and meet Lisa then filming hots, and you could give her one piece of information, what would it be? Uh, let's see. What would that be? Just to be even more appreciative of how incredible it is every time a film actually does get made. What it just just to to feel that enormous, huge connection of everyone, cast and crew. pre-production, post-production. It's like, it's like creating little universes. And I think as a very young actor, I didn't get that quite as much as I do now mm-hmm. because, because that's a wonderful thing to always uh, kind of check back into. It's even more relevant now though, isn't it? In, in an age where you can literally, you can make a movie on your smartphone and you know, there, there has been movies released in theaters that have been made on smartphones now and so many people talk about it and you know i've got this you know it used to be uh, everybody said that you know they've got a book in them and they're going to write a novel now it's people think they can make a movie but people yes. talk about it and don't actually do it so i right. I, I always give major kudos to anybody absolutely anybody who goes out there and they they do it they put they yes. put stuff up on screen for people to watch. Yes, I, I actually just co-starred in a film that I shot in Mexico at the famous Baja Studios, you know, where they did um, Master and Commander and Titanic, actually. And I think they just did um, some big movie there. I'm spacing who's in it. Shoot, I can't remember now. Um, I think the Robert Redford film, they shot some of it there. Okay, yeah. And it was just such a joy to shoot in Mexico, especially on my, and to have those off days where you could just be on the beach and eat that fabulous food and buy all that great leather. <laughs> but um, but it, uh, that was a wonderful experience um, to be on location in, in another country once, once again and to have the crew with like the duo languages going on, the Spanish and the English, you know, causing you to focus even more. And that was quite wonderful. And, and, and that was a case of someone um, 
who literally put his money where his mouth was. This is um, the guy who wrote it, started it, produced it. It was all his own money. And I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait to, and I can't wait for that com to come out too. That's called Eight Days in September, but I don't know when that's going to come out. I mean, again, that's dedication for you, isn't it? You know, you put all yes, your time exactly. and effort and money into it. That's that's what I'm talking Absolutely. about, definitely. Absolutely. Now, I know, you. again, you've got to be careful what you can say, uh, but to round this off, for fans of yours, Lisa, what, what can everybody look forward to that you can talk about that's upcoming and maybe tease us all with? Uh, let's see. I, did, um, I think I did it all. You think you did it? I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Confessions of a Hollywood bartender as well. I know. Yeah, I think I did it. Just the Discovery Channel. Um, I, I don't even want to say what it's called yet because they haven't. I know. the show, I don't think the show's aired yet. It's, okay. It's one of the brand new ones. But I'll just say if you love unusual suspects, you're going to love this. How's oh, that? That, that, that's a great tease. <laughs> I think that was a pretty good tease, wasn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. And again, it must be so exciting for you, though, to, you know, to, to be now we're into 2016 and you've still got all these projects coming. And, you know, you don't know what's going to come next. You know, we could talk again a few months from now and there could be a whole load of other things on your slate as well, which is absolutely fantastic. I know. To think that the last time we talked, I didn't know anything about any of this. It's, it's crazy, isn't oh, it? Oh, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I yeah. I think and that... I, ho Hopefully this film that uh, uh, they told me they wanted me for is a female version of Easy Rider shooting in Florida. Hopefully that's going to come soon because I could certainly sink my teeth into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of guys will. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like we could do a show with you, you know, every six to eight months and there'd be loads more to talk about. It's, you know, I hope so. It sounds good. <laughs> well, for the purposes, purposes of this show, Lisa, I'm going to, I'm going to say thank you very much. Of course, we'll carry on talking between us when we do say our goodbyes for this. But as always, it's been so lovely to have a chat with you, to catch up with you. And again, especially more so since we met at, you know, towards the end of last year as well. Exactly. And all my love and thanks to all my fan fans in the UK across the pond. I love England. We need you over here, Lisa. You need to come over here. I for... know. I know. I want to shoot something over there. That's, yeah. that's a bucket list. That's what I want to do also, shoot in England. I don't think I ever have. That's it. We need to get this sorted then. That's... Uh... That's that's, yes. the, that's the first thing we need to do is get you over yes. here. Yeah, I would love that. I've been there a lot, but not to work, so love it. <laughs> All right, but for this episode, Lisa, thank you so much, and I can't wait to talk to you again, which will hopefully be you know, before too long. Like you say, you're so busy. We're going to have a lot more to talk about when you're on again. Awesome. Bye, Dave. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. And there we are. As always, the alarm bell unfortunately means it's the end of another show. Uh, it's great catching up with Lisa again. So good to have a, another chat with her. I'm sure it won't be for the last time as well. If you do want to give us some feedback on the show, there's a few ways that you can do it. You can go to 60minuteswith.co.uk on there, as well as all the reviews that we do for TVs, movies, video games, music, etc. And all the podcasts are hosted on there as well. There's a contact us form. You can click on that and send us a message, or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. 
you can leave us a message on our Facebook page, which, which is uh, facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With. You can tweet us at 60 Minutes With, and you can even get in touch with us via Instagram, which again is at 60 Minutes With. And as you probably know by now, it's the numerical 60 and not the alphabetical one. And with that, I say, as always, whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon. 